0: Very happy new year to you from all of us here at ESPN-UP as we start the Roaring Twenties off with the first episode of the Sports Pen this decade. Tanner Hoops with you, glad that you're along. Jake Duran in studio with me per usual. It's Local 3
1: Thursdays. Hi, Jake. How you doing, man? First of all, I'm honored to be the first guest here in 2020 just want to say to our listeners, I hope everyone had a, a good
0: holiday break, and and now we're back, and we're excited to, to get back to work. First time in about two weeks that you and I have done a show together. I had that little extended break, and the holidays, what have you, get in there. Did you have a good holiday? Had a good holiday. Holidays? holidays.
1: Uh, yeah, I had a great holiday, uh, or holidays. Um, kept it kind of low-key, hung out with the family. Um, this was like the first year in a long... I mean in a while that I didn't even go out or do anything on New Year's Eve into New Year's night um I, I don't know man I just I just you know, work got in the way a little bit, and then um, I think I'm just getting old. I think maybe that's the thing. I just wasn't, I just didn't have that extra motivation to get out and and be social. I guess.
0: I tell you, did you get everything that you wanted for Christmas?
1: I did, man. I mean, when you when you get up there to where I'm at an age, you don't really have like specific oh, you're things. Like you I don't need I don't need like the newest this or that. So um, I mean, I'm at that point now where it's like, you know, for me, like Christmas is just like. I have to now get everybody else things that 's my that 's my mindset. I know adults out there who listening can can agree, but where it 's like okay, now I have to get this 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 so i 'm um, a little bit i guess more stressed
0: now these really? days okay.
1: but but it 's always great to get around family and and just be around family. You know things get busy, uh, especially when when everyone 's working, everyone has things going on in their lives it 's just nice to kind of slow down, take some time. You know, catch up and and just be around family. So, um, you know, grateful for that and, you know, excited to get 2020 off to a good start here today.
0: Did you, uh, you know, you told us a few weeks ago that your daughter tried to bargain down with you, like start high and then bargain low, still get something really cool. What'd you end up getting her?
1: You know, (laughs) did
0: you cave? I kind of caved
1: a little bit, man. I kind of caved. So, um she asked for an iphone 11 and Mm -hmm. i totally shut that down she's seven (laughs) years old she doesn't need to have an iphone 11 um but what i did end up doing i i I got her an ipod touch Mm. and um it's still similar to like say an iphone you Mm -hmm. can't call or do anything like that but it's been really great because um she's currently out in southern california right outside of la um she lives with her mom out there so um i don't get to obviously see her as much as i'd like but now she has uh, a tool where she can FaceTime me, you know, and the, I think the first day she opened it, she's been FaceTiming me like five times a day. It's mm-hmm. it's actually kind of getting like crazy to it. I'm surprised <laughs> it's not going off right now, to be honest with you. So um, it's been nice that I've been able to, she has now something that she can kind of just jump on if she wants to talk to me, and, and it's been really good. So um, although I kind of, you know, I, I maybe met in the middle, but it's, mm-hmm. just, it was, it's just a great um, thing that she can now communicate with me, so I'm kind of happy that I, I was able to do that
0: i'm happy you did that too because that's a great story you know you get to communicate with your young daughter but a seven-year-old with an iphone 11 would just make me feel terrible when i'm sitting over here with my iphone 8 that's what i mean well that's that was
1: my rebuttal she's like i I want an iphone 11 i said i'm i have an iphone 6 and um there's gonna be no way um that i'm gonna have an older version than you have anything uh at least until you get a little bit older so um, then she tried to bargain down and say, hey, can I get an iPhone 8? And I said, still, I, I still got an iPhone 6. That's still kind of, that's still newer than what I got. It, it's not happening. You don't need a cell phone. Um, if you need to call anybody or something, use your mom's phone, etc. cetera. Um, and it, it just didn't make any, any sense to me. And then she, she asked for AirPods. Mm. And um, so then it turned into like, okay, you get AirPods. What are you going to play the AirPods on? And then it's like, oh, you should get an iPod. And I was like, all right. I'll look at the iPods, and then I was going to get her, like, an older version, but I was like, if I'm going to do this, this is going to be, like, the one gift that's going to get sent to her out there. Mm-hmm. It might as well, I might as well do it big. Obviously you know she she in my heart deserves everything so um i was able to do that and yeah it's it's a good thing she she aims high I, when i first asked her what she wanted like asked her main gift i'm thinking like you know the newest toys mm-hmm. you know some what, what's the hottest toy on the market right I don't now? know barbie you know but these kids these days are so into technology like mm-hmm. they they this is what they want it's insane um but yeah so i mean i'm 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 worried as to what I'm going to get asked for next year. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along. Our first show in the year of our Lord 2020. Glad to have you along. lot to get to today. We're going to talk about the bowl results from the last couple of days, including Michigan's game against Alabama. They played in the Citrus Bowl, plus what we learned elsewhere throughout the college football scene. We are going to rank the 12 NFL playoff quarterbacks, plus I've got... NFL coaching bios as dating app bios in some sense. Jake is going to guess which one belongs to each team. I'm pretty proud of these, to be honest. I feel like a lot of creativity went into it. Uh, We did something kind of like, would you swipe left or right on a coaching candidate the other day. So this is what we're doing today. I'm going to give you the bios for each of these teams and their coaching vacancies. We've got all that and more to talk about throughout the day some sad news, I guess. At least to was sad to me, if anyone else has been paying attention. The U.S. falling in the World Junior Quarterfinals earlier today. one nothing against Finland in a rematch of last year's gold medal game. And the U.S. will fail to medal at that tournament. For the first time since 2015. We'll get into this more tomorrow because Ryan Stiegel will be on. He's our resident hockey expert. But elsewhere in the quarters, Canada beat Slovakia 6-1. Russia continues their impressive stretch. They beat Switzerland 3-1. And the other quarterfinal currently in progress. Sweden leading the hosts from the Czech Republic 4-0. That game has 12-20 to play in the third period. In the regulation round, Germany blanking Kazakhstan 4-0. So that's a look at the world juniors and what's been going on over there in the Czech Republic. Dick, let's start yesterday though with some bowl matchups, and obviously we had Michigan falling to Alabama in a game that was back and forth early on. And the way Alabama started that game with the eighty-five-yard touchdown pass, you might be thinking, "Oh boy, this is going to be a long day." You know, they had a terrible matchup on Jerry Judy, had like a freshman safety on him, and then Michigan battles back, put together some long touchdown drives, had a halftime lead. Alabama just came out and asserted dominance in the second half, en route to a thirty-five sixteen win.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, going into the game, obviously I felt that Michigan had a lot more to gain than Alabama. Um, Alabama was missing some guys. Um, the big guy was their starting quarterback. Can you imagine if Tua played in that game? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and potentially, if I don't even know if Alabama what their mindset was going in. Because you sometimes see Alabama fall in games like this because they're just not into it. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to that school, the players go to that school to play in the college football playoff to yep. play for a national championship. Um, so when they fall short of that goal, you kind of see guys take time off. I'm surprised Jerry Judy, who tore up Michigan, by the way, had over 200 yards receiving in that touchdown you you talked about, um, even played, you know. So they had they had some guys actually play. I was, I was kind of hoping they, Henry Ruggs, all those first-round wide receivers would just kind of sit out and things like that. But... They came in and they did what they were supposed to do. It kind of felt to me that Alabama was just like the older brother to the younger brother type of thing, where you know they'd kind of let Michigan hang around, get a little confidence, and then then they turn it on. They flip the switch, and you saw that juice that that offense can have. Uh, Mac Wilson played um, like he he's been there for for a long, long time, and he was pretty comfortable. Um, Michigan did some nice things. Obviously, they had the run game going. Their defense, like you said, kind of stepped up after that first 85-yard bomb to Judy. Um, and they made it a game. I mean Quinn Nordine hit a 57-yard field goal to to put Michigan up at half And I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of cool But in the back of my head and I'm thinking like, you know, they're not really playing their whole like starting team There's some some guys you might not see out there that are playing and things like that So but I was still happy I was still saying okay, we're playing with a team like in Alabama in a, in a pretty big bowl game So let's see what the second half has to do and then they came back out in the second half, Alabama, and did the exact same thing, kind of flipped the switch again. Um, Devontae Smith got open and another bomb, um, you know, to start off that second half. And then and then Shea Patterson happened. I yeah. mean, he came into Michigan. He was supposed to be this big-time guy coming in. The savior is going to lead them to that next level. And, I mean, he was just off. Even early on in that game, he had a couple, couple shots where if he hit that, it would have set the tone completely different. And, unfortunately – he just couldn't get it done through the air. And, uh, you know, just being on social media and things like that and following a lot of Michigan fan groups and things like that, everyone's, like, saying, you know, kind of blaming Shea Patterson. Now, obviously it's a team game and, and they didn't get it done, but you, you you would think if he maybe hit a couple more of those open throws and, and didn't turn the ball over and things like that, maybe they would have still been in it. Um, for me, this whole program, I mean, it's just kind of like – You you know, you know the saying: your comfort zone is going to kill you. If you Mm -hmm. stay in your comfort, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone because you're not going to grow as a team. This team's comfortable with who they are, Um, especially the 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 administration at the university. They're still making a bunch of money. They're still kind of in the preseason being talked about. Um, They're still playing on January 1st in a in a pretty decent bowl game against an Alabama. why? Why would they want to do anything different if if this company is making them money? Basically, what it is is a company making them money. Um, they're they're okay with Jim Harbaugh being there, winning nine games a season. He's bringing in you know decent recruits, what you expect for him to bring in um, to a team that's always con- continually going to fall short. That's why the the gap between Ohio State so big because Ohio State, you know, even though they lost to Clemson, they've in recent uh, memory have won bigger games that they've been in, and that's why you're going to get those five stars. You're going to get those guys to come in. Um, and for me, I mean, they're just going to be okay with mediocrity. And as a Michigan fan, it, it, it kind of sucks because I do wish they would take a chance and take some risk, get out their comfort zone, and, and maybe get rid of Jim Harbaugh. But like we talked about before on the show, who else are you gonna mm-hmm. going to get that's going to be, take this team to the next level there's not too many coaches out there that can come in and and do that for you and the ones that that can do it obviously are locked up in long-term contracts at big schools um so no matter what i don't know if you're going to find some guy that's going to come in and and be just as good as jim harbaugh is currently and then be able to take it to the next level at some point you're going to have to kind of bite it and say okay we might have to take a couple steps back before we can take a couple steps forward. But right now, no one's really making any moves because people mm-hmm. are comfortable. They're in their comfort zone. They're they're guaranteed they're going to have a decent preseason ranking. Um, they got some recruits that are going to be decently nice. I know Christian McCaffrey's brother is going to be in the running for the starting quarterback job. They got another guy. His name is Joe Milton. Um, this dude's a freak athlete, a, a, a big guy coming in. Um, so maybe they're kind of thinking maybe it was just the quarterback or something like that. Who knows? Um, but I don't see any reason why they would want to change it. Um it's kind of the same thing happening at Michigan State. You know, why get rid of this guy who's taking the Spartans um to this certain level when you're not gonna find anybody else that's gonna be able to come close to that? So um it's it's kinda just like for me, it's like this is what I'm expecting, this is what it's like to be a Michigan fan, and maybe one day Jim Harbaugh will put it together, that team will put it together and they actually beat Ohio State or win in a big bowl game or something like that, and even then it's going to not be so much celebrated. It's going to be a lot of fans are going to be like, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. So it's, it's sad that it's going to be like that. But at this point, what are you going to do? And, and um, I mean, it, it's just sad. And, and watching that game, that was like the epitome of, of what Michigan is. There, They're so close. They're always, you know, high in the preseason rankings. They're always a team people are high on, mm-hmm. um, as potentially being that surprise team that that can go and and make a run at the college football playoff, and they always fall short. It's like I'm just watching, waiting for something to happen. I tweeted uh, during the game. I said, "Is there anything more frustrating than watching Michigan football as a fan of the Wolverines play? There's not. When it, it's either somebody making a dumb mistake, the offsides penalties not being, you know, responsible, not being, um, you know." just not being there mentally Mm. and then the play calling what are you you know there's sometimes i'm just like what are you doing what are you calling right now and then obviously that defense don brown's supposed to be like this guru defensive coach and even his defenses now are kind of just like whatever Mm -hmm. giving up big plays the secondary getting burned and things like that um you know, Michigan's far, far from a perennial power, you know, a blue chip school, football school now. Um they're far from it and it's gonna take it's gonna take some change for that to happen. Um, because I think there's a ceiling with Harbaugh that you're gonna get. Um and at some point he's gonna wear down his welcome. I think it's just a matter of time. At some point it's not gonna work for the recruits. It's just it's not gonna work, and, and that's a thing. Losing a game like that to Alabama—that hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are watching these games just like everyone else. Big-time players who are maybe on the fence at where they want to go, or just starting to get those offers in, and that's going to be burned into their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, it's it's going to stop you from getting those big-time recruits, those players that in those big games, in those big moments, are going to be able to make plays. Mm-hmm. The the Trevor Lawrences, the T Higgins, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Jeffersons. The ETNs, those guys, you're not going to get that; those guys at Michigan. Well,
0: and you just saw that with Oklahoma. This is a team that's been to the college football playoff three years in a row. They get their doors blown up by LSU, and a five-star commit at quarterback just decommits from them. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you see it firsthand with Michigan football, like you said. As long as they're making money, that seems to be what the university cares about more than results or winning or anything like that. So Michigan football is stagnant. You either go forward or you go backward, and if you're standing still, you're going backward.
1: Right. And, and, you know, like you said, uh, with that Oklahoma situation, if you're that five-star recruit, you're watching that game and you're saying, why would I go there? Mm-hmm. You know, I could do everything. Jalen Hurts did everything he could. He came in there. He put his health on the line. He, he won games. He did amazing things. He was a Heisman, you know, candidate and things like that. And and. He, he goes out onto that field, and they just get blown, you know, just ran off the field like you shouldn't be here. Um, why, if you're a five-star quarterback recruit with all these offers from, you know, teams like an LSU or an Alabama and things like that, why would you go there to to, to a team whose ceiling is maybe just the Big 12? You know what I mean? And, and these are kids you're talking about, young kids. They, they're they seeing the product on the field. They're, they're saying, wait, I have an offer from Alabama, and I have an offer from Michigan. Why would I want to go here to mm-hmm. so I can – go get blown out in a bowl game when I could go to Alabama and, you know, have this cool culture and be around all these talented players. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's difficult. I'm just putting myself in a recruit, um, you know, in a position where if I was getting recruited and I'm watching these bowl games, I mean, that's going to heavily influence me um, to, for my decision, my future decision, even if it's a couple years out.
0: Let's hang off on taking our first break just for a few more minutes because I want to touch on a couple other games that happened yesterday. The Rose Bowl, Bowl, Oregon over Wisconsin 28-27. A really fun game in which I just didn't think Wisconsin utilized Jonathan Taylor enough. I love Quintez Cephas. He is going to make it in the NFL. He's going to make someone really happy. Jack Cohn just gets in his own way. He's one of those quarterbacks that if he plays fast and loose and just he he overthinks things is what it looks like to me and he just limits himself almost is what it looks like to me
1: right obviously when you turn the ball over as much as Wisconsin Wisconsin should have won the game mm-hmm. i mean they should have won the game um justin herbert i mean he had three rushing touchdowns i don't even, that guy never has rushing touchdowns no. you know so he kind of had to step out of his zone and do something um for the his uh, ducks team uh, herbert you know, scoring on the ground. Obviously, that kind of helped. I don't think Wisconsin was really planning on Herbert doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, but like you you mentioned about the Wisconsin quarterback. Every year, Wisconsin has great offensive line, solid defense, an exceptional running back, but it's always the quarterback. Yep. I don't know what they just can't get a quarterback in there, like like. Joe Burrow, who's just cool under pressure, mm-hmm. and like you said, doesn't make mistakes. And um, since since Russell Wilson, who was a transfer, I don't yep. remember anybody else who was, you know, a, a guy who could really take Wisconsin no. um, there. And I just don't get it. If if I'm a good quarterback and I want to see some playing time, why not go to Wisconsin? Yeah, where, where are you going to get where, a better you know you're line get, than it, It's kind of like it's like the Dallas Cowboys of of college football. You're going to go there. You're going to get someone who's going to be able to run the ball. Because every year, Wisconsin gets these freak running backs. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you're going to get protected and things like that. So if you're like one of those five stars that are going to go fight on an Alabama or like a Clemson, why not take a risk and go to Wisconsin yeah. and, and make some noise? I don't know. Um, especially in that, you know, in the uh, the Big Ten West. Like, why mm-hmm. not go out there and just dominate? Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, it's always about the quarterback for Wisconsin. And I never trust a Wisconsin quarterback. And you saw that last night. Great game. Mm-hmm. Amazing game. Uh, was one of the better bowl games up to this point, and uh, it was unfortunate. I was definitely rooting for Wisconsin. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big pro Big Ten uh, person, but um, it's turnovers, man. You can't turn the ball over.
0: Well, and with coaching, too, I mean, there are very few people who will say anything bad about Paul Crisp, and the c- consensus about him is that he does it as well as anybody throughout the country, I just don't understand why Wisconsin can never seem to get a better quarterback than Scott Tolzien or Alex mm-hmm. Hornibrook or Joel Stavi or anybody like that. Why is it we get one Russell Wilson to come to Madison every once in a blue moon, and that's it? I just I, that's what baffles me.
1: I just don't think Wisconsin's a sexy team when you no. think about it, and maybe um, for a quarterback, it's saying why? would I like, you know if you're a, a top quarterback recruit. You know, this is a running team. Why would I come come to this this badgers team to hand the ball off to mm-hmm. a running back? You know, maybe that's that's the reason you're maybe. not you're not running. You know, this high profile. We're going to rack up the numbers and and be one of those guys who's going to be talked about to go pro. Maybe maybe that's the reason. Um, it's the way you know Wisconsin football's culture is. You're going to pound the rock, play solid defense, and wear some teams down. But. Um, It's going to take someone who's kind of looking at it a little bit different of an angle and say, why not come in here? We run a balance attack. Um, you know, this this running back's going to take some pressure off me and I'm going to be able to pick apart defenses. I think you just got to find that, that quarterback with that mindset.
0: We do have to take a timeout. I want to keep going on college football, though, and talk about some of yesterday's matchups. We'll do so next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday
1: afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Recapping some of the bull action from New Year's Day. Last night, Georgia, well, we wondered how they would bounce back after last year's embarrassment to Texas in the Sugar Bowl. And they do so in a big way as they take down Baylor 26-14 in what could be Matt Rule's final game as the Baylor Bears head coach. Tell you what, I'm not overly shocked that Georgia won that game. I know they're missing quite a few key pieces but Matt Rule, a day after saying that he's not even going to interview for the Cleveland Browns, which was amazing by the way, mm-hmm. uh, comes out and his team just does not look good, and Charlie Brewer continues to struggle with injury. Yeah,
1: um, Baylor's another one of those teams. Speaking of kind of similar to Wisconsin mm-hmm. where, or Michigan, you know, um, where when they're playing in these big games, I just don't, I just don't trust them. No. Um, Matt Rule, obviously, he's a, he's a great coach and and things like that, but you know, maybe i don't want to say i don't want to say he took you know attention away from his team for this big game mm-hmm. i just think maybe they ran into a team that was just a little bit more prepared and um obviously i I'm a he, I, I, I like jake Fromm. he took some steps back obviously this year it was really high on jake Fromm entering the year um I, he's just one of those guys that's just a great leader led that team and, and that team played well just wasn't baylor's night um obviously they fell behind early and w- weren't able to get back um but yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of feel like Matt Rule is one of those guys that's going to jump ship. I mean, especially after after that performance, it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I might have to do this right now. Right. And I don't know if if it's going to get, you know, my name's going to get any hotter than than this season. So uh, maybe it's time to, time to go. So um, I wasn't surprised either. I thought Georgia, you know, I was pick Georgia entering the game, and um, I just felt like Baylor was more of a disappointment than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a little bit more like what what happened because. You know, the last time I watched Baylor play, they played Oklahoma tough, and mm-hmm. and I was expecting a little more, especially against a Georgia team that's um, by all accounts a little bit down this year.
0: A couple of nights ago, did you see where Texas just blows the doors off Utah in the Alamo Bowl? I get it. You know, Texas got a big win over a top ten team. Tom Herman was not brought to Texas to win the Alamo Bowl, and Utah almost got in the playoff. I mean, thank God that didn't transpire.
1: Yeah, I mean, could you imagine Utah going up against, against LSU? LSU? Oh boy, would it, be, it would definitely be worse than what happened in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the the thing that you try to avoid when you talk about getting these teams in the college football playoff, and that's why the committee's like, please don't, please don't make me, for- <laughs> please don't force me to, to, to do this because. For some reason, it always seems like there's one team that shouldn't be there that no. gets in, and and uh, t- unfortunately for Oklahoma, that was them, and LSU got in pretty much a, a bye going in. I mean, that, that game was ridiculous, but um, yeah, I mean, Utah kind of showed maybe – they weren't who we thought they were, obviously, and and every so often it's Texas, man. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they can look really bad, but every so often they're going to win a big game. They're going to beat, you know, they're going to beat a USC or something like that. So, um, was I surprised? No, it's Texas football. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you're going to be able to recruit in the state of Texas and still be pretty decent. So, um, good for good for Texas. Maybe it's a stepping stone in the right direction. We'll see. Um, but college football is better when Texas mm-hmm. is good. So, I'm, I'm hoping that. Texas uh, can can play a little better next season.
0: Well, I wonder if college football is going to start to get better when Minnesota is better. The Golden Gophers with a big win yesterday, 31-24 over Auburn in the Outback Bowl. This is a team that had not hit double-digit wins since 1904. They have now won 11 games, two against top 15 teams, one against a top 5 team this year. And the Gophers have become one of those Cinderella stories that everybody's fallen in love with. You know, we're all like, yeah, the Penn State win was nice. You know, you won with a last-second defensive stand on your home field. I mean, that's nice. You still weren't able to get into the playoff because you laid eggs against Iowa and against Wisconsin. You didn't even play for your conference championship. They go out and they beat one of the Blue Bloods in the SEC. And you know what's great about this, or this stat that I love from it? Out of the four- and five-star recruits, the creams of the crop, Minnesota had four four and five star recruits no five stars they were all fours i think uh if i remember i auburn had 47 four and five star recruits combined so 47 to four but it's minnesota wins that game so star that
1: yeah um obviously pj fleck just a great coach has turned everything around. Um, I'm blanking on Auburn's coach's name. What is? Uh, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. Um, I saw a really funny uh, tweet from somebody the other day. They were like, "Does anyone do just just enough to not get fired better <laughs> than Gus Malzahn?" <laughs> um, because honestly, I thought Auburn was going to blow out Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I just felt like Auburn had had better athletes. You know, uh, like you said, they're a blue blood in the SEC. They took down um, Alabama. I just felt like the auburn team was just just a better team and um i didn't get to watch too much of of that game It was going on uh while the michigan alabama game was going on but um you know they got some talent on that minnesota team mm-hmm. i know they have a, a a pretty good wide receiver that i'd like to see in the green and gold come on um uh, uh, next year uh, his name's tyler johnson he's mm-hmm. a he's a i think he just had an amazing catch in that game he did uh just a, an absolute ridiculous catch and and anytime you, you know you're well coached your coach got you believing that you can do something and and you stick in a game you know minnesota was able to stick in that game and get, gain confidence and they're like hey we can play with this team and and like i said i was i'm always rooting for a big 10 team especially when they're going up against sec teams and i was happy to see minnesota to go in there and or to go and play in that game and and beat an auburn i think um i like parody in, in college football mm-hmm. and and um that just shows you know maybe the big 10 is a little bit better especially you, you know, Obviously with Michigan failing against Alabama and then um, Wisconsin losing a close one, it's nice to see a Big Ten team come out on top.
0: Well, and here's the thing, and I, I, I hope that no one takes offense to this because I don't mean it to be condescending, anything like that, but I think this is a very fair question that we can ask, and, and I, I want to get an answer from you. I'll ask our Michigan listeners out there right now. If you had your choice, would you stick with Coach Jim or would you take P.J. Fleck?
1: Right now? Right now. I mean for me I would it, the answer is easy I'd go for PJ Flack yeah. I would bring him over but look
0: what he's done in 3 years
1: in Minnesota Exactly um you know you you have better recruits at Michigan right now on the roster mm-hmm. um So did so, Auburn Yeah exactly Culture wins Um exactly he's a younger guy bringing young energy um a great leader obviously people obviously his players are are playing hard for him and things like that and um I think he's one of those coaches that that a player will go and you say, "Hey, should I go to Michigan and play for Jim Harbaugh, who's kind of an old school, grinded out, you know, very strict and everything, you know, or come come play for a younger guy? PJ Fleck makes things fun um, and and knows what he's doing and, and has results. I mm. think that's the biggest thing. So right now, for me, it's easy." I'll bring over P.J. Fleck and, and get it going in Ann Arbor. That, that I would be excited for that. Um, I think that would be a good move.
0: When you think about some of the wins that each have had over their career, what have you, and the Auburn win I think is better than, better than anything, anything that Harbaugh's done in five years. And this stat just was amazing to me, that yesterday's loss was Michigan's 20th consecutive loss away from Ann Arbor mm-hmm. against a top 15 team. P.J. Fleck gets one of those yesterday with Auburn. And by the way, Michigan hasn't beaten a top 15 team away from Ann Arbor since 2007 when Lloyd Carr was the head coach. And P.J. Fleck is out there doing that his third year with much less. I mean, I think it's absolutely fair to say that if you're a Michigan fan, you would rather have P.J. over Jim Harbaugh right now.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's all about results, and it's just uh, how well your team's prepared. Because a lot of the time in these big games, it's like, just win one big game. Mm-hmm. Every time Michigan plays in a, a just a big game against a, a top-ranked opponent, whether it be at home, on the way, a neutral site, I just don't believe that they're going to do enough to do it. And it's, and it's not just always one thing. Sometimes it is directly coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you giving it to your fullback on a third and 12 or something? You know, it's like – or. Or why are you putting it in? Why not run the ball here? You know, and maybe I'm just kind of over analyzing because it's the team I root for. That could potentially be it. But every play, I'm just kind of scratching my head, like, what's going on here? Um, But Michigan—they can't win a big game. They can't win a big game with Jim Harbaugh. I don't know what it is. Um, He's supposed to be this guy that inspires his players, gets them up for big moments and things like that. But for the most part, they come out and they just lay eggs. And um, at some point, you got to start looking at the coaching staff Um, and. Uh it's, it's, it's just tough to see because yeah, I, I do like Jim Harbaugh. I think he's good for Michigan. But it's starting to get to the point for me, and I'm very patient. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very patient. Um, but it's starting to get to the point to me where it's just like, Maybe we just got to make a change just to do it, mm-hmm. you know. Just because I, I'm just we're at the ceiling here. I don't know, and it is, it's it's kind of sad to see that. Um, but if we could get a guy like PJ Fleck, that may be one of the the few names where it's like maybe okay to get Harbaugh oh, yeah. out of there just off potential. Like I said, there's not many names. There are some guys out there, but there's not many. And PJ Fleck's one of them.
0: There are a lot of teams that I'm sure would take PJ Fleck over their current coach. I think Sparty would feel the oh, yeah. same way. I think they'd rather have PJ Fleck over D'Antonio right now. I did say before the bull game, before the Camping World Bowl, I would absolutely love Matt Campbell instead of Brian Kelly. Maybe that'll happen someday, but well, BK, give him credit, he... Coach circles around Campbell on Saturday, so I'm pumping the brakes on that for now. One last piece of coaching news before we go to break. Talk about some teams that are making really good hires. Here's a team that made a hire that doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Lane Kiffin, the new head coach at Ole Miss, filling out his staff, his assistants, and today he hired DJ Durkin, who was removed as the Maryland head coach after one of his players died during summer mm-hmm. training, and there was that whole lawsuit, investigation, investigation, they actually got better with the interim coach, Matt Canada, and I, they started out okay this year with uh, Nick Saban's former assistant out there and Mike Loxley. DJ Durkin, um, his actions, his negligence led to a player's death. Uh He has not succeeded where he's gone, and neither is Lynn Kiffin. But if they put each other together, they put their heads together at Ole Miss, maybe there's enough mediocrity there.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously – with that player dying under his watch and things like that um that's that should never happen obviously Mm -hmm. um and i expect that durkin feels terrible about it obviously cost him his job and things like that um dj durkin was at michigan and as a coordinator he was fairly good Mm -hmm. um you know i was i was kind of sad to see him go but understood like his name was was the next man up and obviously some some coaches do better in a more specific specified role and and um i mean Lane Kiffin is someone you should want to be. This guy mm-hmm. just gets jobs. You know, he, he gets to We're the top. Nothing. He gets to the top, and then he falls off, <laughs> and he goes to some school. starts rebounds, gets to You know, <laughs> works his way up the ladder, gets to the top, and then he'll fall back. It's up. like
0: the Willie Taggart yeah, strategy. Yeah, exactly.
1: It, it is. It's the Willie Taggart strategy. Um, um, he's just one of those personalities where players, you know, if you're on the fence, you're going to go to a smaller school or a big, bigger school. You know, I'm going to go play for Lane Kiffin. So um, maybe they do good things. Obviously, Ole Miss. Um is one of those programs that they have decent years then you know mm-hmm. and then they kind of go de- you know fall off a little bit, but we'll see um we'll be interesting to see we'll be interesting to see
0: let's take another time out when we come back i've got Dating bios for you as they relate to NFL head coaching vacancies. Next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports
1: Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. Former NBA Commissioner David Stern passed away yesterday at the age of 77. Stern suffered a brain hemorrhage on December 12th. Also, former New York Yankee pitcher Don Larson passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Larson is the only pitcher to throw a perfect game in the World Series. He did so against the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1956. The NHL has announced that the 2021 Winter Classic, hosted by the Wild, will be held at Target Field, home of the Minnesota Twins. How about that? That's
1: that's sweet. Good for
0: them. I'm planning on heading up to that. That's, yeah, I'm, man, surprised, that's can't I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Minnesota I know. Is hockey State. Got to have it up there. Yeah, I got to. And finally, four men in Beaverton, Michigan, just downstate, center of the state, have been arrested for underage drunk driving of a horse-drawn carriage. Sunday at 4 a.m., Gladwin County Sheriff's deputies spotted the men throwing beer cans from their horse-drawn carriage. Upon inspection, the deputies found the drivers to be underage and under the influence of alcohol. Hmm. A horse drawn carriage drunk driving
1: i mean shouldn 't they test the horses uh, How does that work? i wonder i don 't know I would just say i wasn't i wasn 't controlling these horses, they were pulling me. <laughs> they were giving me a ride home sir i don 't know i'm not, yeah i'm not i'm not controlling these i didn
0: 't even know that was a law
1: yeah Apparently. Um, i I did say, see photos it looks like these these gentlemen are from, I, I, I don't know, like, too much about, like, an Amish. They, they are you know, Amish, Amish, yep. Uh, in their ways, but I know those those people still obviously use horse and buggy. But mm-hmm. um, it's, a moving, it's a moving contraption. Um, young kids making mistakes. I'm not saying, you know, kids go out there and make mistakes. Don't drinking and drive. Um, unfortunate for them, obviously, luckily no one got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean. Just don't get behind anything moving if you're, you know, trying to have some fun.
0: Is Beaverton an Amish community?
1: I don't know, man. I mean, I've been downstate many times. I've Mm. never seen a horse and buggy Uh, or anything, so. How about that? Maybe maybe someone knows out there. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Tell you what. Let's do this here. We've got some NFL coaching vacancies. Interviews are going on throughout the day. As of now, Jason Garrett still is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He's met with Jerry Jones for a third time today, but still has not technically been fired. I did put a bio for the Cowboys in here, though, because I think we all do expect he will get fired. So here's what I'm going to do, Jake. I wrote these bios as they relate to NFL teams that have coaching vacancies. You're going to tell me... Which one you think it is? You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Number one I used to be what everybody wanted, but recently I had two partners who didn't work out. I'm looking for something long term. I'm on my fourth partner in the last five years. If you're just looking for a quick fling, then swipe left. Who's that sound like to you?
1: So I'm picking teams?
0: hmm.
1: Shoot. Is it the
0: Giants? It is the Giants. They used is, to be the pinnacle. This is gonna be a little tougher a than little I thought. Bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I was proud of these. You know, yeah, that was, that, was good. that was good. They used to be the pinnacle. They were winning Super Bowls. They were consistently a playoff team. Then after Tom Coughlin, they had less than two years with Ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. They just fired Pat Shermer after two years. They're looking for somebody to get them back to be in the pinnacle. Help them get back their reputation and be there longer than two years. Yeah. No more quick flings. Number two, I think I want something new but I'm scared to break up with my current. We've been together for almost 10 years. I've given him so much. (laughs) We have a beautiful home. Everybody says we should break up, but I'm scared to pull the trigger. That's the Cowboys. That is the Cowboys. That is the
1: Cowboys. Uh, People are are speculating that um, Jason Garrett's actually Jerry Jones' real son. (laughs) <laughs> like that, it's actually his son. I don't, re- you know, I don't know. Like, like something happened back in the day, and and he just is trying to keep it covered. He's I don't. He's got to have
0: dirt on Jerry. He's got to. He's got to have something.
1: I mean, he did what he, you know, J- Jason Garrett knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He, he got super close with his boss. Oh yeah. You know, was at the family things, going down vacation, and Jerry Jones is just one of those guys. For someone who. Has been so successful in business, I find it crazy that he can't just cut ties. No, with Jason Garrett because you got to kind of be, you know, you kind of got to know when to to draw the line and things like that. And you 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 can't get close to people in business, um, especially, um, you know, that's like the number one rule. This is business. This is mm-hmm. nothing personal. So to see jerry hang on to this so long it's 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 odd to me it's just weird
0: he has cut ties with guys who are much less deserving of getting fired like tom landry who absolutely didn't deserve it bill parcells i get his tenure with the cowboys wasn't great but he was still a much better coach than jason garrett throughout his tenure he's a super bowl winning coach jerry's just made some bad coaching hires with the cowboys dave campo his one good hire was jimmy johnson it didn't amic amicably though so uh I don't know what's going to happen with Jason Garrett here. I think we're all kind of expecting he'll get yeah. fired. It's just a matter of who's going to go with him, how many it, coaches just, will be gone.
1: I mean, it's just tough to say because Jerry wants a yes man. He mm-hmm. doesn't want like a coach who wants to take over and have control. He just wants someone to kind of fall in line, You know, be on the sideline, be the coach, and let Jerry go and do his post-game press conferences and and – have control of who they're bringing in and things like that and no coach who who's wants to, who's a leader of men who who they need is going to want to come in there and deal with all that stuff mm-hmm. they want to have control it you know it's like Ron Rivera going to Washington I'm pretty sure he just got the keys to the whole organization mm-hmm. Jerry's not going to let you do that you're going to take a back seat um and you're going to be proud that you we gave you the opportunity to be the coach of this team and um that's where it's crazy I, I think there was something crazy they had a crazy night um Jerry Jones did something <laughs> something crazy Jason Garrett Garrett witnessed it um, and I think Garrett's in there saying, "I'm going. Um, can you imagine going? I in, got to do I, got, I will. Man. I will tell everybody. I will go right to the meeting. If you fire me right now, don't fire me. You better bring me back until I want to leave. I, I have a. That's that's what I'm feeling is going on.
0: Speaking of Ron Rivera, did you see it as introductory press conference today? Dan Snyder started it by wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving.
1: That had to be a troll job, no? I I don't oh, know. Is that guy so dis? Well, we know he's not a good owner, right? right? <laughs> is that guy just so you know disconnected from reality that he? I really honestly not- wouldn't.
0: Be shocked, yeah. I wouldn't um, be shocked.
1: I, I still do think that's a great hire for Washington. I think absolutely, a good yeah.
0: plus, I got Jack Del Rio as a defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, they're gonna that's have a good they're, to and have. they're switching their defense to a 4 3, probably mm-hmm. gonna get Chase Young. Yep. That's gonna be nasty. That's mm-hmm. gonna be a nasty defense.
0: Bio number three everybody in my group keeps the same partner for years. I can barely keep anyone around for more than one. I'm currently looking for my fourth partner in three years. I want somebody who's gonna treat me right and will help get me through the hard times because there've been a lot of hard times these last 20 years.
1: Is this also somebody who who wants a partner that's a little bit more experienced? Yeah. I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns. That is the
0: Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you
1: got to you got to find a partner that's been through it.
0: Uh, but especially in their group and, and i mean that as their division baltimore has only had three head coaches since the franchise moved to baltimore cleveland i think i'm sorry uh, pittsburgh is that i think just two since the browns rebirth i think they've only had tomlin and bill cower and cincinnati i believe is only on their third in that time so everybody just else said, well they, they, they left
1: Mar- yeah they left let marvin lee's kind of run wild there for, for a while um you know, but since he seems like they found a decent coach, I don't mm-hmm. really, I can't really tell actually.
0: To Hard honest. to get a read on he, him he, so he, far. He has, yeah,
1: he he has to turn around a pretty decent or a pretty bad uh, team there mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. But um, yeah, you're gonna have to deal. You got you got to deal with Baltimore, who now seems like they're gonna have about ten years of dominance. Um, Mike Tomlin's showing he can coach about just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, Cincy, they're gonna get probably get Joe Burrow, yeah. and who knows um, if he plays with the swagger he has in college. Um, I can't believe I doubted, ever doubted Joe Burrow. I mean, that guy's just cool and confident. So, yeah, Cleveland needs, needs something. They need to stick with somebody. Mm-hmm. Get get some, Like Mike McCarthy would be a perfect guy.
0: That's what I keep saying, yeah. Mike McCarthy to Cleveland. Uh, bio number four, just got out of a long-term relationship. My ex is a great guy. We just didn't work together anymore. It's okay, though. He's already found somebody new. I'm ready to move on and find somebody to have new adventures with.
1: Carolina that is Carolina I was, like, I was gonna say Washington I'm like wait that, that already moved on okay
0: no yeah. but uh, it did reference Ron Rivera in there you know they they were good together they had some good years mm-hmm. at some point they just needed a different voice in that locker room exactly. and Rivera's already found a different team
1: yeah and, and if you're a coaching prospect I mean Carolina if I'm going to Carolina I'm keeping Cam Newton mm-hmm. I'm keeping Christian McCaffrey Um, and I'm gonna go with that. I think that's a team that you know you can come in there and really turn that around pretty quickly.
0: I tell you what, looking at a few other things around the NFL as far as coaches go, the Lions seem to clean house. They got rid of quite a few assistants, including Al Golden, who's you know got his lawsuit coming up, his day in court for one of the most hilarious lawsuits I can remember. And uh, what's going on with Miami? And I wonder how his firing is going to change that. I don't have enough time to get into that, though. We'll get into that later on as it becomes more pertinent. Did you see what the Chicago Bears did? I was just about to
1: say, why is no one talking about the Chicago Bears? That's
0: what I'm saying. Nobody is recognizing them as being one of the most poorly organized teams in football. No one's talking about that enough. They just cleaned house, firing a bunch of coaches, and they are going to keep... Uh, General Manager Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy, plus quarterback Mitch Trubisky, they're all saying are going to be there and be their guys going forward. Some of the coaches that the Bears fired include Harry Hestad, who was the offensive line coach. He used to be the offensive line coach at Notre Dame. He's the guy that produced Ronnie Stanley, Mm -hmm. Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey. I mean, this guy was maybe the best offensive line coach in college football before he went to the Bears. Someone is going to pick him up and be really, really happy they did. I would love for Notre Dame to get their hands on Mm -hmm. him again. And then Mark Helfrich, who replaced uh, Chip Kelly at Oregon as their head coach, he was the Bears' offensive coordinator. Well, the Bears' offense certainly struggled this year. What a cop-out job by Matt Nagy, firing the offensive coordinator when you're the play caller. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're calling the plays. Firing Mark Helfrich is not going to help your offense.
1: Here's the thing with Chicago. They they're trying to save face. Yes. They've made some really bad decisions. Um, I don't think Matt Nagy is the long term uh, option there. No. Obviously Mitch Trubisky. You can't go move on from Mitch Trubisky. You moved up and drafted him mm-hmm. over Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. They 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 can't. If they get rid of him, that's going to prove that they made a terrible terrible mistake. Even though everyone can see it, they don't want to come out and say, "Yeah, we we messed this up." And those decisions are going to bite them in the behind for the next several sev- several years obviously and uh I'm very happy. I saw you know Mitch Trubisky going to be the quarterback. Great. Matt is still going to be there. Perfect. Uh <laughs> let's keep it going. Oh, oh Matt Patricia's thing. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I I feel like Matt Patricia deserves a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. I just think I don't really know what the issue is there. Probably just upper management. I don't know like every every lines uh coach has to deal with, but um I would have been more shocked to see Matt Patricia go obviously than than Matt Nagy I just don't see why no one's talking about how the Bears have totally just just brought their franchise back about five years
0: you know and looking at those teams the Lions the Bears with their respective coaches and I'll throw the Jaguars with Doug Marone in there because they announced this week they're going to keep him around those three may not be the end-all be-all they may not be uh, the problem or the solution with their respective teams and it may not be their fault maybe they haven't had enough time but those are three teams that I'm not confident are going to get better with those coaches there. Yeah, whether I'm, that's
1: right or wrong. Yeah, me neither. I think they're going to stay exactly where they're going to be at. Obviously, the Bears they don't really have a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. I don't, dude. They might have one next year, a mm-hmm. first round pick. But uh, obviously, they're not going to make a move until they can potentially get a replacement. Um, could we see them go after Cam Newton? I think that would be a good a good move for them um Eli Manning even maybe a little bit better maybe, maybe. I don't know um I, we're just right now I just see Mitch Trubisky as a guy who just cannot play the position and um they're pretty much stuck with him as a Bears fan you pretty much got to say we got to try to give him better offensive line more help in the passing game try to get this defense to play like they used to play and just hope that that's going to be enough so we can kind of repeat that that one year they had that special year
0: Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, we'll rank the 12 NFL playoff quarterbacks next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday
1: afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple Store, Google Play, or look up -UP ESPNUP.com and check out the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along. Hey, before we Get to our NFL playoff quarterback rankings. I want to do this first here. And you know, again, David Stern, former commissioner of the NBA, passed away yesterday at the age of 77. Nice way to honor him. Let's update you on the NBA All-Star votings. Real quickly, I'll give you the first returns right now who would make the All-Star game. And we'll start in the Western Conference, where, no surprise, Luka Doncic with 1,073,957 votes, leads the West Coast uh, West conference uh, backcourt, followed by James Harden, Damian Lillard, somehow Steph Curry, who's not going to play in this game, has the fourth most votes, and uh, let's see, fifth would be Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, Donovan Mitchell, how about Alex Caruso at number eight, followed by Devin Booker and John Moran.
1: I mean, there, there's going to always be players that have cult followings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and, and social media helps these type of players. Caruso is one of those mm-hmm. players. Obviously, he shouldn't be there. Should Steph Curry though? Steph Curry shouldn't be. That one and, actually. And makes this is what bad. I mean. Yeah, like if you're out there voting for this, don't vote for a player who's not playing. Like vote for Caruso, not Curry. Vote for some. Yeah, vote for someone who's out there actually playing the game. Like we get it. You're a fan of the Warriors. Obviously, Steph Curry is a great player, but he does not deserve to be in there. So why are you spending a vote on him? Um I don't get don't get me wrong. I love to see these guys like Caruso get in there, mm-hmm. but it's a popularity contest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And in social media, like I said, is helping players who you know people like to like kind of get behind these like niche player. I'm not saying he's a niche player, but he's let's let's be honest. He's he's a lighter white skin. You know, he's a, a Caucasian guy who is very athletic and, and does freakishly athletic things that you don't see mm-hmm. very often. And that kind of helped him kind of get this cult following, and, and his following strong and. Um, The Caruso crew is definitely out there voting, so um, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's entertaining, and obviously the NBA loves it, but um, obviously he shouldn't be
0: there. How about in the front court in the Western Conference, LeBron James, the top vote-getter there, followed by Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, no real surprise in the top five there. Kristaps Porzingis, Nikola Jokic, Carmelo, Anthony is eighth. In all-star game voting, Brandon Ingram is ninth. Is he having a good season? Followed yes. by Dwight Howard at 10? Yeah, I is think he a, really? You
1: know, Brandon Ingram is having a, a really good season in the New Orleans. I, I haven't. I, I, think much him, more. I think the pressure of him. I think the pressure of him and being in L.A. Um, once he was able to kind of get out of that situation and and you know be that be that next star for LA that's going to lead them into that, you know, back into the glory years, I think that was a little bit too much, I think he put too much pressure on himself in LA so I finally think when he went to New Orleans where he was just like, he could kind of let loose and just play his game and not have to deal with that pressure, I think it suited him well so he's he's having a monster year um, Carmelo Anthony is a great story, Thank I'm man. glad to see him in there everyone doubted this guy, he basically had to beg his way back into the league um, and he showed he could kind of be a team player and and he still has some juice so it's good to see him there
0: how about in the eastern conference the backcourt Trey Young currently the top vote getter followed by Kyrie Irving Kemba Walker those two separated by the way by just about 450 votes Derek Rose how about it at number four and then Zach Levine makes the top five I didn't know he was having that great of a season either Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons at number six Jalen Brown Kyle Lowry Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie
1: it's, just, it's not, like, the strongest class no. of people, but... Um, Spencer
0: Dinwiddie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like, what? Uh, maybe people are just voting for the name, but mm-hmm. good to see Derek Rose, obviously. Um, he's another guy that just has those diehards that just want to see him succeed because of all the trial and tribulations, and obviously he plays for the Pistons, so I'm pumped about that. Um, but, you know, you, you see Kyrie, Kemba's doing a good job. Um, ben Simmons, I think he's kind of regressed a little bit, to mm-hmm. be honest. I don't know why he's there, but... Um, it's all right. It's all right. Definitely the West definitely got got the advantage.
0: How about the Eastern Conference front court? Giannis, the top vote-getter with over a million, followed by Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, the top five. Here's another cult-following guy, Taco Fall at number six, followed by Bam Adebayo, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, and DeMontis Sabonis rounding out the top ten. Taco has 110,269 votes so far. A guy who's been Half the year he's been the Celtics' 12th man, and then half the year he's been in the G League. He is 6th in All-Star voting in the Eastern Conference frontcourt.
1: I mean, being in his position where he's kind of bouncing back and forth... Obviously, not getting a lot of playing time. I mean, he's in the best possible position. Yeah, people are just a fan of who you are.
0: Yeah, he's um, seven foot one guy named Taco. Or Taco. I mean, exactly.
1: So doesn't matter uh, how good he is. Doesn't matter. So he's winning. Obviously, he. I don't hate the player, hate the game. I guess you could say. And <laughs> just like Caruso, you might have these two guys, in here that shouldn't be there, but people are going to tune in and be like, "That's so sweet that Taco falls playing in this game with all of these all stars that that are deserving." Um, just another guy with a call following, and sometimes. You know, it's better to have that than nothing.
0: Good way to honor David Stern as, once again, the former commissioner passed away yesterday. I loved honoring him today by watching his exchange with Jim Rome, his famous exchange, and uh, kind of the quip comment that he made back in 2012. I can't play it on here because, for one thing, it's not our network. For another, it's like five minutes long. I do encourage you, though, to look that up. Look that clip up just for old time's sake. David Stern and Jim Rome and their heated interview mm-hmm. what have you one of many but he did a lot for the nba especially you know i mean this was a guy who took over as commissioner and the nba draft the nba finals were on tape delay airing on cbs at like mm-hmm. eleven thirty eastern time at night and he turned it uh from a mom and pop organization into one of the premier brands in the world mm-hmm.
1: very integral part i mean three decades um expanded the league you know into different countries he expanded into a global mm-hmm. game he got the WNBA going obviously the G League going i mean he, he did everything right and he's kind of built it into what he is today if you're a fan of sports if you're a fan of the NBA um you know you're very grateful to have a guy like that who was able to to make the NBA what it is for us to enjoy today and um obviously sad to see him go but He'll be remembered for a long time. I mean, that was my whole childhood, man. I'm I'm 30 years old right now, you know what I mean? So um, the NBA was – with David Stern was kind of synonymous with the NBA, just watching drafts and stuff. and um, You know, anytime you see a guy that you kind of – you saw on TV all the time growing up, it's it's sad, man. So um, rest in peace, David Stern.
0: I tell you what, we've got a little over three minutes left, so let's run through this here. We're going to rank the 12 NFL quarterbacks. For me, Jake – there's a clear number one, and then we're just filling out everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's probably number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish Pat Mahomes didn't go down with injury yep. this year because I think kind of people are sleeping on him, kind of forgot about him just a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, he's He should be up there too. I mean, he's those two guys are one-two in my eyes.
0: I tell you what, we could do it this way. We could go through like the team bracket here real quickly and do it that way. Let's match up the quarterbacks for the teams playing this weekend do you trust, uh, I should say, which quarterback would you rank ahead? And you can interpret that as who's had a better season or who do you trust more to win you one game, starting with Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson?
1: Either way, I'm going Deshaun Watson just because Mm -hmm. I just think he's the better quarterback. Um, And Josh Allen has shown he, he sometimes presses and makes mistakes, and you can't do that in the playoffs. It's Josh Allen's first time running through this, so um, I just trust Deshaun. Deshaun has showed he can win big games and, and be good in big moments. So I'm going to go Deshaun Watson, definitely over
0: Josh Allen. How about Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill? If we're looking at just this year, it's right. not the obvious it's choice. It's not the obvious
1: choice, but I'm going to go Tom Brady, Would you? Um, even though I feel like he's definitely on the the point of falling off a little bit. Um, if, if there was one game where you just have to stay focused and really get it done, I'm going to go Tom Brady. Obviously Ryan, Ryan T- Tannehill. Great year, but I still remember him back in Miami.
0: <laughs> How about uh, then you have Pat Mahomes or Tom Brady? Pat
1: Mahomes. Yep. I would, Easily Pat I would Mahomes, too. for sure.
0: You have Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson?
1: I'm going to go Lamar over Deshaun.
0: Okay. And then Lamar against Mahomes. I'm
1: going to go Lamar edges Mahomes just okay. by a little bit. And, right. it's, and it's only because of the season he has. It's it's tough because you know you put Lamar on a different team – he might not be as good you know right? what I mean or with so, a different coach exactly so it, it's definitely system as well but it's it's Lamar's league right now
0: how about the two guys that got knocked out in the second round Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson who would you rank ahead
1: I like Deshaun Watson over too. Tom Brady especially this year yeah especially yeah. this year I'm gonna go to
0: and then Ryan Tannehill or Josh Allen
1: I like Josh Allen over do Ryan you Tannehill. I, I feel like really? Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is a decent quarterback but he's He's kind of feeding off of Derrick Henry right. in that run game. and He's a game manager. I like what he's doing, but I think that hes it's definitely system right now. I think Josh Allen, he can make more plays in, in tough spots, and I like his legs.
0: Let's go to the NFC real quick. Drew Brees or Kirk Cousins? Uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, I think so. Despite the year Cousins has had, it, Brees just a little bit better. How about uh, Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz? I like Russell Wilson. I do too. Russ has, I think, been more consistent throughout this year. Uh, that would mean second round matchups: Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. I know this is a toughie for you. You're smiling uh, it, it, already.
1: Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to take my quarterback at, all day, but really? for the, the the purpose of the game, I'm going to go Drew Brees. All
0: right. How about on the other side? You would have Jimmy Garoppolo or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yep. And same. Uh, Brees or Russ.
1: Mm, uh, Drew Brees. I mean, it's yeah. tough just because of, of you know just where he's at right now in his career and how that team's rolling. I I, I do like Russell Wilson. I think it's closer than people might think.
0: Lamar or Brees?
1: Mm. That's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lamar. All right. I'm gonna go Lamar. He just has he has that X factor. He can beat you with his legs. He can beat you in the air. That one's super tough. tough. I mean, if you're if you like the old old school, you know, you probably take Brees there, but um when all said and done i'm still taking aaron if i had to have one quarterback to win a game aaron (laughs) Rodgers is it for me
0: if uh but real quick here before we sign off those final four with lamar russ breeze or mahomes i don't think you can go wrong with either of those four do we agree that in terms of this season alone those four are the top four
1: yeah i would say would say i would say so that they have they have it right now they have the juice and um, it's good to see Brees still play at a high level with, with just how old he is. Obviously, Rodgers has kind of regressed a little bit. Uh, Brady seems to be kind of finally hitting that that point. I'm still kind of up in the air at, at Rodgers. I think it's a new system and mm-hmm. him he, him not trying to put so much on his shoulders. I still think we might see a little Aaron Rodgers magic this this playoffs.
0: I tell you what, that is it for us here in ESPN UP. What do you have coming up in local three, Jake?
1: Man, it's been a long, nice break, but we're back at it. Uh, We're going to just get back into the high school basketball season, boys and girls, the high school hockey season, obviously the winter sports season, um, hitting that second half of the season. Um, Back to the NMU-Michigan Tech stuff, man. Sports zone is going to be starting up next or this month here, middle of the month. um, So be on the lookout for that. I mean, we're just kind of rolling through it, man. We're excited about the playoffs, uh, NFL playoffs, NBA is kicking off. I mean, everything's good, man.
0: Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. That's it for us. Back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, and it's my hope you join us. For Jake Durant, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN, UPWZAM Ishbumming Marquette.